Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. Yep. And today we're going to talk about Jehovah's Witness. But first, Julian, what the heck's going on in the world today? So this is a little different. Uh, normally when we talk about this kind of stuff, we talk about uh, something that's going on politically or socially, and it's kind of the same thing. They're still talking about vaccine passports. Nothing changed. Nobody knows what they're going to do yet. So whatever. Um, this is a little different because Easter just passed and a lot of weird like takes on, on Christ or the resurrection or the, you know, the crucifixion in general kind of came out. Um, one of them that's kind of troubling, Dr. White brought this up on the dividing line and it it's looking more apparent. He was calling it the, the coming split of the SBC, uh, Southern Baptist Convention. He thinks like it, there's no way it's going to be cohesive. It has to split at some point. So the, the offending issue was uh, Josh Bice had put up a tweet that said, as we behold the slain Christ on the cruel cross on this Good Friday, we must never forget this truth. Jesus was not the victim of injustice. Jesus was the predestined substitute for sinners crushed under the wrath of the Father in order to fulfill holy justice. And then he gives a citation of Isaiah 53.10, right? On the surface level, pretty orthodox like not, not crazy to say like yeah jesus was predestined to die uh to satisfy the wrath of god like that's pretty standard reform doctrine well a lot of other members of the sbc didn't think so and they they kind of came after him on twitter about it uh jacob den hollander was saying are you attributing primary causal agency to god the father in the death of jesus that is jesus died on account of the father's wrath and he was saying it is like accusatory like are you actually saying that Jesus died because of God's wrath. I was like, I thought we just all saying agreed it, on that. <laughs> are you saying it pleased the Lord to bruise him? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the, that's what he literally Isaiah 53 you're saying? is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Like that's yeah. the verse, but apparently that's unacceptable. So that's so strange. So, so we overpowered Jesus and yeah, he was a victim and that was, the, the reason that, that Bice put that up is because the narrative right now, especially in the time that we're in, uh, I saw a thing this week, man, from a page called uh, Black Coffee with White Friends. So you can take the name already and know where that's going. Mm. But uh, the idea was that we shouldn't call it Good Friday because there's nothing good about an innocent man being killed by a systemically racist society like Rome. And that uh, the crucifixion, and the flogging is the same as pepper spray and cops choking people in the streets and that there's Golgotha's everywhere. And that until we can ignite, this was the, the thing that killed me. Uh, I went live on Instagram to talk about it because I was all fired up. Uh, <laughs> until we can acknowledge that Jesus was a victim of systemic government violence unjustly killed by a corrupt government, we can't call it good or holy. Uh, it just uh, It's like... <laughs> you don't know where to start. Like, I know. I know. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like, you ever th think, man, it's been called Good Friday for a really long time. Yeah, right. Why is it called Good Friday? No, that's not the, it's not good. Yeah. It's like, are, it's do you think you're the first person to have that idea of like, Jesus dying on the cross is not good? <laughs> like, we, we don't like that. Let's not call that good. Like, you're the first person to have that kind of knee-jerk reaction i mean 
and he does. And it's like, I have an idea. I'm brilliant. We should not call it good. We've been <laughs> well, wrong not, this whole time, and I'm going to open our eyes. That's yeah. not what changes. It's the context they put it in that's different because now it's it's critical race theory. That's why it's not good yeah. because he was a brown man killed by a white government corruptly. <sighs> it's so insane, man. It, it's like that. That is, that's like anti-Christian. Like yes, if, if you don't, I mean, it, it, again, I don't even know where to start. Like your whole Christianity <laughs> is like what? What is Christianity to you? What is that mm. sacrifice what is that that so he's an unjust god because that was justice that was right it, it, the way to sin is death like you believe yes. these things or you don't like that's what that means that's all, all the that's what the cross is is all those things and it, yeah like you know the kids were watching this thing it was talking about i think i mentioned it before like and he erases your sin you know it's like okay yeah but it was paid for like it's true but it was paid for. And that's important to say that, that, that it was paid right. for, that it wasn't just like a Thanos snap kind of right, you know, gone. gone. I'll just, I'll just be an unjust God and not, not, you know, punish sin. He's like, uh, I, we, I don't want it when it's me. I want you to punish other people's sin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I saw it was me. It was like, uh, why doesn't God just punish all the evil people? And then it was like the flood happens, and it was like the Pam from uh, the office. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just the, the two things that I think are, are kind of weird. One, uh, you know, I, I grew up in an SBC church. Our church still uses some SBC. I think a lot of churches use some SBC material, like the Gospel Project for Sunday schools and stuff. And mm -hmm. one of the things that's weird about it is that the SBC really doesn't have a position on predestination uh or election or any of that uh, on their site it's kind of like glossed over like well yeah. some people will believe this some people believe that we don't really have a position yeah. and i think that's really weird and and kind of dangerous to just have that but the other thing is just like the biblical illiteracy of everybody coming at him to be like are you saying that it was god's purpose to kill him that god was the reason he died like yes that's <laughs> what it says yeah oh that, that's a that's a good point you talk about like no 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 set policy or something um i was gonna ask you what you thought about that as far as like because i remember when we were with um we were hanging out with with, with lewis and steven and he was talking about chandler and how he doesn't the reason he doesn't come out and say calvinism or mm -hmm. post mill or any other kind of like uh doctrinal things is because he doesn't want people believing them just because he's that mm. you know Mm -hmm. But, you know, other people like Doug Wilson are probably fine with saying, preaching yeah. post-mill right. and election and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, so what, what do you think about that as far as pastors mm. not m being so transparent with their sort of open-handed doctrinal convictions like that? It's a, it's a, it's a little tricky because Wilson and Chandler – I, I have to think are motivated by different things in a sense, right? Like I think they see themselves in different ways. Like Chandler's primary thing is he's the pastor of a church. Like that, that's his main thing. Wilson is a builder of societies, right? Like he's not just a pastor of a church. He built a school. He started a publishing house. He started a college. So he's not like, he's not primarily focused on just being a pastor. So I think he has to be more forthright with, everything he believes because it's going to push everything he does. Mm. Whereas being just a pastor, you can kind of be a little more open, open-handed with those. Like you don't have to be post to be a pastor. 
But to do right. what Wilson's doing, you kind of do, and you have to have everybody around you bought into that idea, or it's not going to work. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. But just like I was thinking, like if I were a pastor, what would I do as far as like my church and you know, right? I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just kind of weird. Like I understand that. Like I don't want people just to believe it because I am, and but I don't. But that's everything. I, I don't want them to just. Mm. I want them to understand the Bible, and I want them to understand everything that I'm teaching and preaching. Um, right, right, right. Not just regurgitate something and they don't really understand it because that's how you but, get those people that are just like, Oh, so it was God's idea to kill Jesus. Right. And it's like, yeah, like, but, but <laughs> they're just kind of going along with anything and they don't really understand it. And so they, things get, get twisted and it kind of walks over. How many people is that though? Like that's the majority of people at church on Sunday aren't going to go home and like, well, this is what he said. Let me look and see if this is accurate. Like they just yeah. take it at face value is like, Oh, the pastor said it. So it must be true. Yeah, but I mean, like that—that that can be anything, though. Like, are you yeah, okay with them? True. Are you okay with, you know, uh, the sacrament or something? Like your your doctrines are the, the closed-handed doctrines. They don't mm -hmm. really understand it, but yeah, you're preaching it, so they are swallowing it and they're taking mm -hmm. it. Like, are you okay with that? I mean, maybe because it's a it's like it's a it's a crucial point or it's a you know, uh, one of the core doctrines or something like. But I want I want them to understand those things too, you know, right. as well as the Calvinism Arminianism debate, you know. Well, I I think too before we can afford to like be a little more open handed with things like that, as far as eschatology and soteriology, we could kind of afford to be a little more open handed and just be like, well, we're all Christians at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But now, be, because of that open handedness, and also because of the state of the culture and how people are reacting and the tribalism, like we really can't because mm -hmm. it becomes. On, from the other side, like close hand, like this, like if you believe that it was uh, God's desire to kill Jesus, then apparently you can't be a member of the SBC or something, according to some members. So, like that's come to a head. It's gonna be a close-handed issue. Yeah, I think a lot of these things are glossed over or not mentioned so much or or, or whatever because they're they're not seen as gospel issues. Mm. And I don't understand that because they're in the Bible. And if it's a, <laughs> and the entire Bible points to Christ. So eschatology, creation, Genesis, you know, evolution, uh, uh, soteriology, how we're mm -hmm. saved. I mean, these are, right. they all point to Christ. Like, so I don't understand how, like, well, that's, it, it's not really a gospel. Like, it's all God, it's all points to Christ. Like, well, post or primo <laughs> points to Christ. Like, he just does. And so you have to be right about those things. You got to figure those things out. So but it's like a close handed, but it's not, but it could, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. The, what weird. I've seen recently with like social media, especially and influencers is like, those things don't get you likes and follows. So I, I know of a few people, at least that I can think of off, off the top of my head who have like pretty big followings online who I've talked to privately that don't have a solid uh, stance on soteriology. Like there, there's one, there's one guy who's actually teaching other people his theological stuff and he calls himself reform. But when I talk to him, like, he's like, well, I don't really know how I feel about, uh, limited atonement yet. Like I'm not set on it. Like, well, shouldn't you be before you start teaching people this kind of stuff? Like, why, why do you think that's okay to, to have that? And to also yeah. say that you're reformed if you don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, if that's what you're doing and, and you, you just want to like or click, right. 
You want them right. to like literally go like this, click and keep scrolling. Yes. You don't want to make disciples, right? right? Because all, what we're talking about is, is maturing in your faith. And that's what I think a church is supposed to be doing. I mean, right, right. Sharing, sharing the gospel. And, but, it, but it also, again, what you invite them with is what you invite them to. So if you invite them with the good vibes, click social media stuff, that's all you're inviting them to. And so right. they're just going to post stuff that gets good vibes and clicks or whatever, instead of actually them making disciples. Well, how can they? They don't know anything. You've never, they've never grown. <laughs> they've never grown past, you know, John three sixteen, and, right. and gone beyond the elementary, you know, doctrines of the faith and stuff. And so, I don't know, like that's, that's something I'm seeing, like, especially in church of like, especially with service and people not seeing church service to mm. the church as worship mm. and, as crucial as reading your Bible and praying. It's like, we're trying to get people to volunteer and it's really hard because they get burned out and it kind of sucks, but right. you know, and it, it's, it's, you know, outside or it's setting up stuff, chairs and stuff. And it's, Oh, it's kind of, it's like, would you be talking this way about praying? Mm. You know what I mean? Or is it just expected right. for you to do that? Like it's, it's not, it's not, Hey, can we really like you to pray if you can, you know, kind of squeeze it in, <laughs> you know, I know, I know, I know it's kind of whatever. It'd be really great. It'd be helping us out if you could just pray, you know, mm -hmm. for the church and for, for yourself and for your family and for, for things. And, and it's no, it's just, how's your prayer life? You know, that, that's how right. we approach it. That's how we should approach it. And, and, and it's also, Hey, how's your service life? What are you doing? How, how's it going? How's our things, you know? And, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just really weird because, and there is that maturity of like not uh, wanting to see something like, well, if I'm going to help serve the church or do something, I want to see someone get saved or baptized. Right. And it's like, well, sure. That's yeah. That's the great like end result. But right. the service itself, the church, you're creating a, a space for people to come in. If you're parking cars or if you're cleaning the bathrooms mm -hmm. or something, you're creating a welcoming space, a hospitable place mm -hmm. for newcomers and for your own church body. I mean, I don't know. It's just this weird like thing. And and I understand it sucks and it doesn't get talked a lot about because it's not glamorous and it's not it is it's not overtly like spiritual like praying and reading your bible and stuff is, you know. But it's important and churches don't grow without it. You know, like all our whole staff is volunteer basically at church. Right. So it's like if people aren't giving up their own time for no money, this stuff doesn't happen. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. So in so you got to think about everything that does happen in our church and what it takes and who's not getting paid and who's sacrificing and who's making time and, and seeing it as worship and, and doing that, man, that, you know, it's pretty important. <laughs> and, right. and, and what if everybody had that heart? What if everybody mm. participated? What, what, you know, the possibility is almost endless as far as what resources we could grow to and how we could, uh, how much we could grow, how bigger, you know, more people for, for Christ we could reach. And I don't know. It's just, Sorry, got a little. Well, no, but it's it's good though because it it goes back to what we've talked about before, where we think about church as like a place we go and a thing we do, but not what we are, right? right. Like it's 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 the same as as my softball league. Like, well, I go to church on Sunday mornings. I have right. softball Tuesday night. It's just a thing I do, but we right. don't think about it in the way that the church is like a biblical concept. Where no, this is the body. This is what we're part of. This is our family. This is our life. It's all centered around this. And I think we've 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 kind of formed as a church to seek that out and get those kind of members and those kind of mm. disciples and th th those persons not being discipled. If they're seeing this as just their weekend social club thing, 
Right. You're not making disciples. You're not, you know, and so that's why you see a decline in Christianity or a, a decline in religiosity or, or uh, religious membership, church membership of any kind. Well, yeah, that's it, what they, that's what they were doing. You're talking about people, part of the rotary club <laughs> who aren't part of the rotary club anymore. That's it. Like, that's what you're talking about. You're right. not talking about true biblical Christ following disciples and like that are growing and learning and sharing and doing something and building the kingdom. They're not doing anything. They're just kind of checking in on the sidelines and that's it. Well, okay. If we lost them, we never had them, you know? So what mm. we're seeing in the numbers now is it is just a more, but the number was always there. You know, we talked about it last time, but like if you counting those numbers and churchgoers and true disciples and all those things, but yeah. I mean, one of our pastors said it before, like, you know, what, what if you rearrange your schedule around church instead of the other way around? Like, Oh, I right. can't make it tonight. I have whatever. It's like, well, why, why can't it be the flip? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not- it is. It's just soccer practice. Right. You know, drinks with friends, birthday party and church. Like we've got to fill it all on the weekend and, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's it. Like that's our weekend. It's like, <laughs> okay. All right. That's really weird. It's yeah. But I don't think churches have given us that thing to, They've become places where we can so easily check in and out and and mm. make it passive, right? Because mm-hmm. our jobs right. don't do that. Like if you're paid, you'd right. prioritize yeah. it, right? We don't do that with That's our true. jobs, but it's because it pays us because we made work and the vocation and career and job that thing that we revolve our life around. I want to move across the country for a job, but I won't for a church, right? You know, yes, because I, mean, right. I can just find a church. It's just a passive thing. You know, because it kind of has, it kind of has become that, you know. Well, did you see that letter that went out? Uh, it, it, a lot of people were commenting on it from different sides. This is good. This is bad, whatever. But it was a letter that a church had sent a lady who was a member basically saying like, hey, you haven't been here in forever. Uh, also, we know about your living situation right now. Uh, and so if you don't reconcile those two things, we're going to revoke your membership. And everybody was commenting on that, like, oh, that's so terrible. That's a horrible way to do things. And it's like, well, why is it, though? (laughs) Like, her living situation is wrong. She's not actually uh, going to church, which is part of the command, like, you know, in in the scriptures, don't forsake the gathering of the body. Well, she is. And Mm -hmm. I would also speculate that A is related to B. Like, the reason you're not coming is because of your living situation. You don't want to hear about it. Right. So, you know, but we don't have that accountability either. Like, don't tell me what to do. Just give me the sermon and let me get out of here. Right. And the churches have become that, so they 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 attract what they've become, you know, and like what you what you aim for, what you shoot for is kind of what you hit, you know, and I think that's what it is, and that, so we're we're all surprised that the churches, you know, are, are not making disciples and have these church member, church goer members, and it's like, right. well, that's what you've made the place, so no wonder it is, and that's what I think about like being more. Out, you know, transparent about doctrinal issues because I can't think of like anybody at Jeff Durbin's church or <laughs> Pastor Wilson's church that is like that. You know what I mean? Like if you're going, right. you're, you're in that kind of stuff. You're you're there for a reason. You're not just mm-hmm. passing through because right. you don't get those sort of like good vibes. You're great no matter what kind of things. And yeah. so those people, those people don't go there. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, what kind of church does that kind of thing attract? Where they're just outright with all the doctrinal convictions. And their their views and on scripture and everything, like everything, mm. everything treated as a gospel issue, which it is. Right. You well, you att- attract those people who see those things as a gospel issue, and is that bad? You know what I mean. And so it's like, well, we're only attracting huh. 
we're only attracting people who uh, see this as have that, or of this doctrinal conviction. It's like, okay, at least they have a conviction about something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like, a, would you there's rather a... have a bunch of Calvinists or a bunch of I don't knows? Oh, and I've never thought man. about it, or I don't care, or who who knows? And what's good for you is good for me. Because I think that's what we have. We have a bunch of those. Right. But it's like that's not a conviction. It's like the lukewarm thing, right? It's just right. Like, yes. You're not. You're no, You're nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just. Wait, that, I don't know. No, that irritate. I don't know, or it could be either one, or I don't care. It irritates me more than anything. Like I'd rather the, you the be apathy. Yes. Like have an opinion, or why are you here? What What's the reason that you're even talking about it? It's like the finer things club in 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 the office. <laughs> when Toby's like, yeah, okay, and he's about like some deep crazy book he's like toby the apathy is killing me <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's like come on man at least disagree with me or something like let's get there, some there blood in a, here like <laughs> there was a video uh, a couple of months ago it was a while ago where uh, some pro-abortion lady was outside of apology of church uh, and they were filming her and as as members were coming in she was trying to turn them away like are you aware that your pastor thinks that women who obtain abortion should face the death penalty and they're like yeah we know that <laughs> Like that's why we're here. We agree with this with his thoughts on that. Right. But it's like a conviction. It's a thought. It's a like they know it's, there's no question of where you stand on something right. like that. You know, and and I think that's important to a certain extent that like you have thinking Christians and disciples and actually mm. wanting to learn about stuff. And uh, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's the apathy, it's the well, oh well, you know, and it's just <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's, it's a gospel issue. This isn't. This is important <laughs> because someone's going to come along with some works-based thing, and you're going to fall yes. into it. it you know, if right. you're, you're going to fall into these things. And this is a good segue into Jehovah's Witness because, you know, first begotten, like you know, only begotten son, only begotten, right, right. And it's like, okay, what you? We don't think about what that means, but we should because there's other people who can persuade you to mean something else, right? First that Jesus was created, right. right? Like there was a time when Jesus was not. And if you don't and then, know, then you'll be like, well, okay, I'm, yeah, we're both Christians. It's like, no, you're not. This is not your brother right. in Christ. <laughs> like, this is a different gospel. Mm. And so that we have no convictions about these gospel issues. We don't know what the gospel is. So then we fall into a false gospel. And right. even if that is the gospel of good vibes or whatever, you know, th those things, then, then we, it's still a false gospel. But, mm. So anyway, was that, that – was, I thought you were going to bring up the Raphael Warnock tweet. Uh, no, oh, I didn't bring up that one. That was a different one. That's it, kind of in the same vein, though, but on right. the other side. Right. Oh man. Do you think There's, Martin Luther King Jr. will be rolling in his grave? Is rolling in his grave now, or oh, was well, he I don't, liberal enough to? Or <laughs> I he didn't believe in a deified Christ either. So I, you know, <laughs> maybe he'd be down. Church, yeah, uh, that we can save ourselves. That's so Oof. crazy. It transcends, yeah, like it transcends the resurrection. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> that is so unchristian. That is the spirit of Antichrist. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk about open-handed issue, gospel issues, like good grief. <laughs> and, and then he <laughs> but, said, and then he said, that was an aide that tweeted that without, without a right, Yeah. Wasn't like, him. Yeah. And that's, what was, yeah. It's like, just like Ted Cruz's aide liked that porn tweet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know it was, you know, for sure it was Ted Cruz because he's also not afraid to have a mullet. Ted Cruz has no chill. He's uh, all in on everything. 
chin up chin. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz just looks, he looks like Kevin from the office. He just has that like. He does skinny Kevin. That dumb look. Just that dumb. Ooh, like, this is good. Okay. What do you think? What do you think about this? Out for family, but not necessarily church before family. Um, I mean, is your family not in church? Like, right? Like, isn't is, your family part of the church? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, ministry starts at home. I mean, so that's right. You know, part of that thing. It, it kind of you know, maybe we can. I don't know. I feel like we're going to change it, but it reminds me of that portion in the gospel where you know all of the people are giving Jesus kind of their excuse as to why they can't follow him, and the one is like. I'll follow you, but first let me go home and tell my parents goodbye. And Jesus tells them, no one who puts his hand to the plow but then turns away is worthy of the kingdom. Like, yeah. what, what does that mean? What are, right. You hate your mother, hate your father. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, well, so, but that's Christ, not the church. And so. Right, that's true. Um, so I think if you're a pastor, then yes. Like, it, mm. I think you have, it depends on what it is too, as far as like, you know, if your mother's dying and it's like, well, I got a sermon to preach. It's like, find someone <laughs> to, you know, find someone to fill in or something. I think that's reasonable. But, uh, as far, but if it's like, well, we have something going on, but I have to preach or I have to serve, or I have to do this thing. It's like, that's a little bit more, Hey man, like, are you, you want this ministry life or not? Like, cause that's kind of in that, you know, and, mm. But man, that that there is a, a line there because I mean, look at John Piper's son, you know, right? And just like yeah. so many pastors' kids are right. just not believers, and it's like, man, how in the world can that be? Like, and, and that is just a heart thing with pastors just serving the church. I, I don't know. I mean, because then you know you hear stuff, and it's like, well, they did everything they could. They did you know everything right. It's just. They just rebelled. Like that's just gonna that right. could just happen. And yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, that is one thing that 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 pastoral ministry. Um, if you're just a church member and stuff, then that's that's and it's it's like I'm, I haven't been to Sunday because we have Sunday brunch. So I'm I'd rather go to fam to to Sunday brunch with my family than to church. That's wrong. You shouldn't right. do that. That you should choose. You should go to church because right. your family's not going. Well, family over church. No, that's that's not necessarily what that means. Mm. Um, so yeah, but, the, but if it's like, uh, you know, a, a, a party in the park thing or some kind of fun thing that my church is doing, but it's someone's birthday, you can go do that again, unless you're working for the church. And, and that's right. why I fall into like this, you know, I don't know if my mom was asking this because this actually happened on Easter, but, um, <laughs> I'm working for the church. I'm an intern at the church and I take that seriously. And right. I actually, you know, am pursuing pastoral ministry. So it's like, mm -hmm. what does that look like? If not sacrifice for service and work mm -hmm. and being there and working and doing it, you know, and if it takes all day, it takes all day. And that, you know, I don't know. I mean, that I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's, wrong necessarily again because it's a it's a birthday party or because it's a, a, a it's a kind of give or take thing or whatever but um <laughs> you know but again yeah well i see I, I, I know what you're doing, you know, I know what you're talking about. 
Um, I mean, that's true. And I know feelings were hurt and it sucks and I hate that. And that's the tension I have to live with if I want to take this pursuit of pastoral ministry seriously. And I could just say, you know what, anything that comes up, I'm not working for the church. And it's like, (laughs) okay, then you're not working for the church. Like that's just, and you for free to do that. You can not be a pastor. That's okay. But it makes me think about like, like Peter, you know, he had a mother-in-law, so presumably he had a wife. I I don't know if he had children, but he had a wife for sure. Like what was she thinking when he's following Jesus around all over, you know, Judea, gone all the time. Uh, Crazy. Right. When he's getting thrown in prison, when he's getting, you know, beaten by the sand, he like, what, what is she thinking? What, how does she feel about it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. I mean, I know people, other interns and stuff and people in this kind of ministry pipeline in my church that, um, you know, his wife, he was at his wife's grandma's funeral in a, in a different town. And he had to speak at this, at this church thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it's like, what do I do? It's like, Hey man, like, these are the hard choices of, of pastoral ministry. And so it's like, I don't know, like, is that, is he wrong for, for leaving and like going to share the gospel in this mm. public setting and, and, and preaching, or should he neglect that and not, not do that so he can be with his grieving family? I mean, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, I don't know what the right answer to that is, but um, yeah. You know, I mean, kind of going it. back to the first point though, like when you said like, okay, you know, someone else can speak that weekend, that's assuming there's someone else at the church that can speak or would right. volunteer to do that. You or know? you have enough time to plan it or something, or it's just like, Hey, church ain't happening all of a sudden randomly. Is that okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so, have a prayer session this morning or something. I don't know. Like, you know <laughs> we didn't have a sermon prepared because our right. pastor's out. All right. <laughs> but I mean, in that, in that, I think there's another uh, reason to have uh, like a, a team of elders and pastors right, instead of just right, like right. CEO style one man yes. at the top of a triangle. Right. All that pressure, all that, you know, whatever. I don't think it was supposed to be that way. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the better way because then you do have that kind of fill in replacement right. options going on or whatever. I mean, we've um, even. Yeah. I, at our church, we've, we've not kicked, I don't want to say kicked around the idea, but the topic has come up like, what if a member wanted to preach on a Sunday? Like, how do, how do we feel about that? Or, you know, I mean, if I they, know. if I, I think if it's, I think if it's, we, we've done that. I mean, if, if we've, if it's vetted and right. like, yeah. you know, what are you going to say? <laughs> what are you going to talk about? Who, who are you? You know, like, I think that's, that's reasonable, but. Uh, and not just like, hey, we'll pick up from a hat. Anybody can preach. Like, not that, but, um, you know, yeah. Try to speak every month. Anything ever happens to Hey, yeah. I mean, that works too. That's a good, that's a good method. You know, I kind of like that because it, it doesn't let you just kind of be a passive observer all the time. Right. Like, you know, if you're going to be a member, you're going to be responsible to teach at some point. So right. be ready for that. And that's good. I think everybody grab a shovel, you know. Right in one way or another, like that's, that's kind of what I was talking about service and like right. being involved and participating and not just, you know, filling a seat. <clears throat> yeah. Elders and pastors, but yeah. But anyway, Maybe we'll do a full topic on that. Yeah. We got, we got a little yeah, tangent kinda, there, but I know <laughs> we'll get back into it. Enough about yeah. Solomon's personal life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mom. Thanks mom. Uh, we'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Speaking of people who are definitely in service all the time, Jehovah's Witnesses. 
right? Like, sure. I, I think more than Mormons. Like, Mormons are, are getting at it, but Jehovah's Witnesses are working. Right. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's good that – so the way with Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons is Mormons are a mile wide and an inch deep mm. as far as their doctrine, how much they know right. the Bible, what they can speak to, how they can mm -hmm. have a back and forth and knowledge right. and, and all those things. Jehovah's Witnesses are a mile deep and, like, an inch – wide you know basically like there's not a whole there's not as many points to cover right, right. as mormons but the few that there are they know their stuff mm -hmm. better than you they right. know the bible better than you do and you gotta prepare for that because a lot of people well, aren't let me let me ask you this because it's it's a point they bring up and it, it you know i do know it but i like to kind of throw it out to see what people think so uh, when Moses is in the cave at the burning bush, who talks to him out of the, the bush? God. Right. But what does the text say? Well, I, I am. No. no the, the, what do you the, mean? Let, let me pull it up because I, I want to read it to you because it's a point that they use uh, to point out that, well, other people uh, can speak as God. When you when you bring up the uh, passages, so let's see here. Uh, the one that, I, that that I've heard Jehovah's Witness say on that is, is uh, no one can see the Father's face and live. Is that what you're talking about? No, and this then, is a little different. And then, like, well, people saw Jesus. How is that? And it's like, well, Jesus is not the Father. So <laughs> let me pull it up because this is going to take a second. But spoke uh, to Moses. Uh, Exodus 3. Abby said, angel of the Lord. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. In the text, it says yeah. that an angel of the Lord spoke to him. So they'll say, oh, well, here, obviously, because uh, I know we're going all over the place, but this is one of the things. I'll say, oh, an angel spoke to Moses, not God. And the angel spoke the words of God, so he spoke as if he was God. So it, it's, it's not unusual for Jesus to say I am or to speak as God or to do these things because the angel did it too. So it's okay. In the burning bush. Yeah. Hmm. See, this is what I'm saying, man. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's live on air. I know. You know, you're Jehovah's witness. I don't know what you're throwing <laughs> like fastballs. Now, now I'm converting uh, right know. here. Exodus, Exodus three, verse two. Uh, and, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why this bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see God called to him out of the bush. So the angel of the Lord is speaking out of the bush, but it says that God spoke to him out of the bush. God called him. Yeah. Right. So they'll I use that as a way to say. Right. But they'll right. say, well, it says right here, it's an angel. And it does. It does say that it was an angel of the Lord speaking to Moses out of the bush. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole angel of the Lord thing. I mean, they believe right. Jesus but, was okay. Michael the archangel. How many people could argue that or know about the angel of the Lord or Christophanes yeah. or any of that or the yeah. doctrine of Michael the archangel? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's not – I've never had that come up with the Jehovah's Witness as far as um, – I mean, I know they believe that, but I've never been, like, taking a task on that one. The only burning bush thing was the – see the face of the father and live and then right you know uh people saw jesus face and he's god and so they saw god's face and whatever and they didn't die but it's like well jesus is not the father and so that's kind of always the answer to that but um yeah the angel of the lord 
Yeah. So what, so what do you think as far as that? Like, is that a Christophany or is that uh, just an angel or? No, I'd for sure dig it as a Christophany, uh, especially if you, if you kind of build. So let's let's go through what they believe and then why we <laughs> why that matters first. Because yeah. uh, I, I don't think a lot of people actually do know what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. Yeah, no, they don't. I mean, it's 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 confusing. It's very like wishy washy, I guess. Very so they, they, it's very different. Yes, uh, from anything really, but it's it is studied. Like they have an argument for most of what they believe. It's not it's not it's not Joseph Smith pulling stuff out of thin air. Like they actually took the time to read and come up with ideas and arguments and formulations. Yeah, it's it's a different. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not just uh, some grifter. Uh, kinda, right. I mean, kind of, <laughs> it's, it's more cultish than that, yes. which I guess Mormonism is also, but it, it has way more characteristics of a cult than even Mormonism, I think. Yes. I think. Especially in their like disciplinary practices, their disciplinary practices, their prophecies, their, uh, like everybody being on the same page all the time. I don't right. know if Mormons are like, are that way. As far as like, you go anywhere in the world. And they're saying the exact same. Uh, so, there's no Calvinism, Arminianism. There's all right. one. <laughs> well, okay. So this is uh, – I'll, I'll tell you kind of a thing. I've, I've been to a Mormon Sunday morning ward session, and I've also been to a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall Tuesday night meeting. Uh, hmm. They're both very different. They're not no. the same in any way what goes on. Uh, the Mormon one is very much like a church service where they sing their hymns, they read the scriptures, they give us a, a sermon, but it's from their Mormon perspective. The Jehovah's Witness Tuesday Night Kingdom Hall is all training. It, it's it's not uh, – it, it is reading the scriptures, but it's not a church service. It's more of a uh, this is how you speak to people. These are the points we believe. Let's practice this. Let's go over this. Let's watch this film, which was the weirdest part to me. They, they Halfway through, they put on a film. Jehovah's Witness? Uh, yeah. Halfway through, they put on a, a DVD to tell you how to have a conversation with someone – to direct it and steer it so that you can have more conversations and get your points in. So like it is by the book training. Like, no, this is what you do. This is what you say. This is how this yeah, conversation man. needs to go. It was crazy. It's sales. It's sales. Yes, it was. Exactly. It was the sales. It's like, well, this is sales the initial. Training. You're, you're going to set up another meeting with them, and this is how. Yeah, the situational sales negotiation. That's what I did for UPS when I worked sales. UPS <laughs> is like, how do you do it, you know? Which I thought that I always thought that was interesting with speaking with Jehovah's Witnesses is they like to control the conversation. If they can control the conversation, they're set. They don't like curveballs. They don't like you to throw stuff out that they're not ready to answer yet. They they have yeah. a set script to go by, and that's what they want to stick to. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Jehovah's Witnesses kind of came out of the the second great awakening, uh, as kind of all American cults did, with this renewed understanding of of one, it was uh eschatology minded like also most of these uh, new American cults were, and it all had to do with the eminent end of the world. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that. Mormons initially believe that. They don't really talk about it as much anymore, but that's why they're Latter-day Saints because they were in the latter days. Um, Church of Christ, Seventh-day Adventists, all of those come out of that Second Great Awakening movement where spiritual experiences, end of the world. Those were the two things that classified them. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are maybe the ones that were are the most, still the most end of the world minded. I think like their whole practice is kind of built around the end of the world. Except for after 1975. Well, right. <laughs> well, no, that was the, that was the second big one. 1914 was the other one. Well, and then it was from 1914 to 1975. 
Right. Uh, it'll be from, it's like, oh, no, no, it starts now. It's like, yeah, yes. it's like Jesus did come back and he is reigning now in 1914. And right. now it's a generation. And so now, yeah, when 1914, nothing happened. I was like, uh, uh, this, you know, but because what was around, what was that, what was that time? World War One. World War One. So right. that's very big global wars, you know, and rumors of wars and nation shall rise against nation and the whole thing, right? So it's like, okay, now this is going to be the generation. So then it was like anybody, it at that that was already at that time, but it, it started including people who were already born, too, or something. Like it was anybody born after nineteen fourteen, and then that generation and what they count how, how many years they count as a generation and right. that being 1975 and then 1975 came and went and so did a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. They lost, they lost millions of members yeah. in 1975 because this was like the religion was 1975 this is gonna happen like this is the jesus come back armageddon the end of the world the whole thing right and it didn't you know happen. it did <laughs> clearly <laughs> yeah and what's funny about them too is they they uh, they're big on controlling the narrative, so they'll change the records. Like we never said that. That's not what we meant. There's no proof of that. That was so hard to do in 1975, though. Even then, and that's why they lost so many people. And it, you know, it's just they'll 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 spin it. However, you know, yeah, they say what they can, but I mean, there's any sort of intellectual honesty, it's they're gone. People are just mm -hmm. like that was it. This was it, and it's not. It didn't happen. And they actually, they, uh, I thought it was kind of funny because I kind of saw the switch in front of me on some things. Uh, when I first met with the Jehovah's Witness, he gave me a book that said, what does the Bible actually say? It was a little mm -hmm. purple book that has like their kind of teachings and it breaks down everything they believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, thought, a couple yeah. of months later, you have it with you? Because well, uh, I, I don't yeah. have it here let, at the office. Yeah, let me grab it. I, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Is it this one? So that's the new one, okay? The original one was purple, and it said, what does the Bible actually say? And it was basically why everything you know is wrong. Right. He handed me a new one. He said, this one is the new one. And that's when they changed it to what can the Bible teach us, which to me sounds less authoritative. So I don't know why they got meeker in the title of the book. But yeah. uh, I thought it was weird that they had that update like that. And I don't, I still don't know why, but they did. Just like, oh, this is the new material. It's almost like you were saying, like sales. Like this is the this is from corporate. This is the new the new manual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and then I got the new world translation. Oh, did you get the, you got the three ribbons and the leather yeah. binding? I got two ribbons. Oh, uh, you got two. I got three ribbons in the one. Oh that man, <laughs> give you the good one. I talked longer. That was the <laughs> like, give him the three ribbons. We got it. I got. I was up in the sales club. My membership <laughs> platinum. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it's it's weird that 1975 <laughs> prophecy really it hurt them for a while, but it seems like they're like back. <laughs> well, then it, enough time goes by, people just don't know about it, right? And then yeah, right. That's it's true. Like they get a whole new crop of of ignorant. <laughs> I don't mean that insulting. <laughs> I mean like they just don't know. They don't know about what right. happened before. Yeah. And I mean, and they catch you off guard on Saturday morning. You're not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're barely waking yeah. up, and they're knocking on your door. Like, you had a minute to talk about this stuff? I guess. Yeah, yeah, man. It it, it definitely is. Um, it definitely is strange. I think the first one. Uh, so the, they they have they emphasize a lot on Jehovah, the name. And yes. So 
and where where in our Bibles it would be all caps L O R D. Right. They have Jehovah, right? And so, like, that's the name of God. That's the name of the Lord is, right. is Jehovah. So that's, you know, and then that, so they emphasize that. And then they count L O capital L-O-R-D in any other translation as an error, which, of course, is in there, you know, hundreds, hundreds of times. And so it's like, right. there's that many errors. <laughs> hundreds of errors. Like, you mean the, the one word that's <laughs> translated to the same every time they're counting those as all individual errors, you know? Um. But yeah, so that, that's a big one. And then the, the biggest one too is, and again, like with Mormonism, what we're talking about is a different Christ. We're talking about a different yes. Jesus, a different gospel. Right. We use the same word, we use Jesus, God, Bible, church, uh, you know, kingdom, all these things. We use the same Christianese. But very similar to Mormonism, we are talking about two different Christs, right? And right. I think last time I, I used the analogy of my dad and like talking about my dad, like Ray White. So right, it's like, right, right, right. Okay, well, we're talking about two different people because you just described him, and I know my dad, and that's not the and same that's person. Not him. <laughs> right, so we're talking about two different people, even though the names are the same. And so that's how it is with um, Choice Witness as far as Jesus not being eternal, not being God. No, not at uh, all. Being the first created thing, first born, first, born, first created thing above all others. Um, and that was a question even in... Uh, table talk a couple months ago of um, they do these surveys of like past pastors and like people working in ministry mm-hmm. saying something about like Jesus is the first created being of all uh, overall and it's like is that true and then like a shocking amount was said yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my gosh like this is not okay and <laughs> so yeah they don't have, believe Jesus is God it's, that's the biggest one that's, that's mm-hmm. got to be like the, the biggest thing. And they believe he was Michael the Archangel, which gets into those Christophanies and angel of the Lord. Yes, right. Type of things. Um, well, they, yeah. it's weird when you talk about the Jesus is not God, right? Because they're uh, – can you read John 1-1 one, one out of the New World? Did you have it right there? Yeah. That's what one of my Rubens was. Um, in, the, in the beginning – and see, this is the thing. I'm going to read this, and how many people are going to notice the right. mistake? right. I mean, maybe it's because we emphasized it right now, but (laughs) in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a God. I hope everyone caught that. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, honestly, a lot of people was like, the word was God. What does that mean? Yeah, Yeah, that's true too. How how many Christians right now are going to say like the word, the word was God. I thought it was the word of God. I thought that's Mm. the Bible. Like what? I've seen I've seen nutty people that, that will say like the, the scripture is the fourth part of the, I don't know what you call it when it's not a Trinity anymore, but it's like a quadrality because mm-hmm. the word, then they'll use it in that way. Well, the word is the scripture. So that must be the fourth part of the Godhead. It, all kinds of wacky <laughs> stuff like that. Just from not understanding what yeah. John is saying. Well, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> in first, yeah, first 14. So the word became flesh and, um, or the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the, of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So the word became flesh and that is Christ. Right. And that right. should be understood very, very well by Christians. Right. Um, but, and the word was a God that was, that's their John one, one. And it's right. literally just changed because the actual Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And they believe that as well, but all other things, right? Right. They will say all other other things were made by him. Look it up right there. Yeah. (laughs) We'll compare and contrast. (laughs) Yeah. It's Colossians 1. I can't remember. 
Yeah, Colossians 1, 16. Um, All other things have been created through him and for him. And Colossians 1, 16 says all things have been created through him and for him in the real Bible. But they literally just put in all other things. Other things, right. Have been created. <laughs> so, and it's like, well, yeah, all other things besides him. It's like, yeah, but you're just adding that. You're literally changing the text. Like that was right. not there for centuries. Like that's just <clears throat> not the way it was ever translated. And, no and that's, that's one of the things that's funny. That right. Nobody else. That's It's interesting that they're the only ones that come to that conclusion. Uh, mm -hmm. The only places where the New World Translation really has these diverse doctrinal ideas that diverge from the Bible is where Jehovah's Witnesses have their doctrinal distinctives. Mm. Like that's where they're going to put those all other things or a God yeah. and stuff like that. So it's, well, it it's very, to, yeah, it's, it's changing the scripture to meet the, the, the narrative and the right. story of God's witness, because that's the doctrinal discrepancy. And then they change the Bible to meet it. It's not like, Oh, we see this in the, in the King James, or we see this in the Bible and we're going to make it make do this or adding a whole nother Testament. Like the Mormons do. Right. It's literally just changing the, the, the primary text. And it's weird when you talk to them too, because they'll say they're they're monotheists, but right. just in that verse, if he's a god, then you have two gods. You do, and, and that, and, and then, honestly, yeah, dude. Like, I when I was first talking to the Jehovah's Witness, I would always get into the Greek and indefinite article and the ha logos, the I, right a god <laughs> and the the word and like a you know so. You can do all these different things, and, and, they, and they're ready for that. They, they right. prepare. They, they spend time preparing for that conversation. For that specifically, but, right. But I, but then I thought, like, wait a second. They claim to be monotheists. Right. And, and you have them arguing for the phrase, a uh, god. Okay, that is automatically at least two gods. Right. You're and automatically so that, polytheistic at that point. Right. So I, I, call, I asked them, like, so do you think that Jesus is a god, another god? And they're like, well, he's godly. I'm like, well, right. okay, I believe that. I mean, <laughs> he's God, like he has the characteristics and nature of God. Yeah. I, okay. So, but what do you, but they're like, well, he's not God. It's like, but you said he's a God. But he's a God. Is is he or isn't he? This is what you're arguing for. This right. is what you're saying. You're arguing, arguing so hard in the Greek. A God. Okay. You're saying another God. That is a second, right. at least a second God. And so I don't understand why they argue so much for that and claim to be monotheistic. And then they have to start backpedaling of like, well, he's God-like, he's godly, he's holy. He's well, like, that's that's what God. I mean. That's what I mean when I talk about they're not ready for curveballs. Uh, Dr. White told a story about that once where a woman, a Jehovah's Witness woman, had oh, gone yeah. into a full spiel about the the indefinite article and how it should be this and it should be that. And he handed her his Greek New Testament and said, can you show me what an article is? And she couldn't because she couldn't read it. Right. But she right. had that stuff memorized. She was ready for that conversation. Right. And that, you know, and, and, and like you said, too, you know, credit to her for memorizing that. Because how, how many right. Christians do we get to memorize anything or to, right. <laughs> you know, do that kind of work or whatever? And it's a different mindset, too. But, I mean, still, right. man, they're, they're really, you know, putting the effort or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that, so that's a huge one. That's a big one is Jesus not being God. The, de the deification of, of Jesus um, is huge. But... Yeah. Well, the like resurrection this. changes in in their mindset too, because one of the one of the things we didn't point out is that they they don't believe in uh, resurrection in the same way that we would. Mm -hmm. uh, so for for them, the word didn't become flesh in the same way that we do. You know, when we talk about the incarnation, the the term that's used again in the Greek 
is that he took on flesh and dwelt among us is the same word that's used for building the, the tabernacle, right? So he was the presence of God in flesh among us. Uh, what they believe is that he ex- pre-existed as Michael the archangel. That person was destroyed and remade as Jesus the man. Right. And then when he died, he was again destroyed and remade as Michael the archangel. So it's not taking on flesh and then ascending to the father. It's destroy, remake, destroy, remake. It's a whole different thing. It's n- it's not yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, that's um, those, Christ- those Christianese phrases that we use, like resurrection. Well, we believe that. Well, you don't, though. Like, not really. Right. I think that's that's a really important thing is the, is the incarnation of Christ, um, especially as we talk about Christophanies. And this came mm. up with, with me and some, some other uh, friends at church talking about, uh, like, the three men who visit Abraham, right? Right, right Before right. the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like, okay, so that was God, but it was a man, and they ate, and they were there, right. and they talked to him. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Was that Jesus of Nazareth? I, I personally have a hard time be- believing that as far as the term being the term Christophany. Like, I think Jesus of Nazareth is – is important in that the, the incarnation of Christ in through Mary and through in, in a bodily form. Right. I, I think, that, I think that happened once. Right. Right. And so, so when we say when, when, when the angel of the Lord or the, the man who, you know, appeared before Abraham and like, always oh, say, who, who did, who did Jacob wrestle with? Um, right. You know, to say that's Jesus Christ. I, well, so this does is the word be become those, flesh? Well, then, then okay, do, and then not, so, and then become flesh, and then not, and then also in, you know, the gospels. Like, this is going to be one of those weird things where uh, I don't think people think about what it means that the eternal word became Jesus, right? Like the man Jesus of Nazareth, who was born of Mary, came into existence at his birth, right, or at his conception, mm-hmm. I guess, came into existence. Before that. The eternal word always existed, but he wasn't always Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, you know, the, the man who wrestled Jacob was that Jesus, not the man Jesus Christ, but I would say it was the eternal word who uh, embodied in that instance. But not the man Jesus, if, Jesus, if that makes sense, because the man Jesus didn't exist yet. Right. But it was it. So it was the incarnate word. Incarnate, but not incarnate, because incarnate means to become human, like in the in the fullest sense, right? When he when he when he became Jesus and Christ, and- right? But also he it, when he became Jesus Christ, he emptied himself, right? That's part of the doctrine is that he did not consider uh, equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself uh, and made himself into the form of servant, even unto the, the the form of even unto the point of death. So right. there's a difference with the incarnation, like he took on a new form when he became Jesus Christ. He became truly human. In every sense, I don't think it's fair to say that the, the the man who wrestled Jacob in the same way was fully human. I I hear what you're saying, and I understand that. I just don't I don't know that a case can be made for that with with the with who Jacob wrestled and 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 the, the three men who uh, visited Abraham. Um, so I don't know. I think God. Can well, let me ask you this: when, when, in different forms, and let, let me let me ask it, you this: like, way. It, it's hard to say because it's like that was God. He wrestled right. with God, right? And 
And I think not, it's okay, but it's God, not necessarily God the Father, right? But it, it is God. It, and I think there, it, it's, it's hard, it's a hard thing, man, because then that well, is the word becoming flesh. It's, let me ask you from another to some, perspective. To some degree, right? It's, it's in, in a different way, okay, when the three men come to Abraham, one stays up and talks with them, the other two go into Sodom, right? Uh, well, they, yeah, yeah, eats with him. Right. In the text. And, right. and the other ones, the other two go to Lot and they have a Lot brings them into his house. So clearly they're bodied because they go into Lot's house, they talk to him, and the they're bodied enough that the, the men of town want to rape him. So they know that they're, they look like humans in that sense. Would you say that the angels were incarnate in that, in that way? Uh, no, I mean, I suppose so, but, but it doesn't say angels it says men. But, but what else would they be to turn the crowd blind and, and have this, you know what I mean? Well, I thought when they visit a lot, it was more explicitly angels. And when they visit Abraham, it was God. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Before when they go to, the destruction of the war, when they go to visit Lot, they're explicitly angels, but they're also clearly dudes, right? Like, well, yeah, physical well, people. I think angels all have the appearance of of male of men, you know, but uh, not like, in the same way that, like, okay, so for instance, Isaiah sees the angels and they have six wings and eyes all over and and blah blah blah. The ones Lot saw didn't look like that. They walked into town. They went to his house. Uh, they had physical bodies, right? All right. Would you, would you say that they incarnated? Because I wouldn't but say they incarnated. I don't. It was so. It wasn't God visited Lot. It was the angel came to Lot. Right. So, but, but what, it, but I, what, I, what God, I'm trying to say is that. Yeah, like. What I'm one trying of to say is that, God. Like. Well, yes, but what I'm trying to say is embodiment and incarnation are not the same thing. If that makes sense. Right, and that's, that's I agree. I, and so I, I think what we have in the Old Testament in these like Christophanies or whatever is an embodiment of God, not necessarily the word become flesh incarnate, like because that's Christ. I think that happened right. once and that was Jesus Christ. Right, right. But I think what we have in the Old Testament is an embodiment of God. And same way with the burning bush, same way with the with the torch, right, that, that passed through the, right, right, right. the sacrifice, right? So that was God. That is God taking right. a form, like the pillar of fire kind of thing. Like yes, that is right. So, so I think God can manifest Himself in His creation, including the form of man. Right. Right. He could He could right. appear as a donkey. He could appear as a flame. He could appear as a as whatever. And through in His creation, and all in, that includes man. And I think that's what He did. I think the the men that visited Abraham were just apparently men, but they but it was God taking that form of man, but not the Word become flesh incarnate. Right, I, I agree with you on that. Between, like you said, in difference between embodiment and incarnation. Right, and I think the, that we have in, when Jesus Christ was the word incarnate, it becomes yes. flesh. God, like you said, wrestle Jacob is the is an embodiment. God manifesting Himself into His creation in the form right. of man. Right. I, the the reason I would say specifically the word though is, is John one eighteen. That's kind of where my sticking point on that is. That's the verse. Let me look it up so I can read it exactly. Uh, but this is actually one that I do bring up with Jehovah's Witnesses, and I asked them to kind of explain this to me from their uh, theological perspective. Yeah. So John chapter 1, verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God. Mm -hmm. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known to us. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, immediately off the bat, when you read, no one has ever seen God. Like, well, wait a minute. We just talked about Abraham, Moses, Jacob, Joshua, right. like right. all of these people, Isaiah, uh, uh, Ezekiel, all of these people have seen God. What do, what do you mean nobody's seen God? And then he'll go on to extrapolate the only begotten God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known to us. That's why I think, you know, when we talk about who is this in the Old Testament, well, it, it must be the word because he's the one who made the Father known to us. Yeah, right. That is how we understand God. And that, that's a big difference between Christianity and something like Islam, where they have a finite God and we are infinite and the infinite cannot comprehend or apprehend the infinite. There must be a bridge and that is Jesus Christ, the God man. Whereas right. like that is our that is our bridge from the finite to the infinite. And right. that has to be there. Whereas it, Muslims have a God they cannot ever apprehend and cannot right. comprehend because they're finite. And so there is no bridge. And so that's why Jesus Christ is so important. That's why the word become flesh and in, in, in God incarnate is so important. Um, but yeah, that's not who wrestled Jacob. So Right. Yes, I agree with you. Right. <laughs> so it wasn't the, Jesus. But people wasn't say Jesus. He, he, Jacob wrestled Jesus. Like, I, I don't think that's quite accurate to say. He wrestled right. God. But I mean, and, it's one know. of those things where, like, I understand what you're trying to say. It's like explaining the Trinity. Like, I get what you're trying to say but you're yeah. not saying it correctly. Right. And it's, and I, and I think it's important to say that Jesus was not popping in and out. <laughs> you know what I mean? That like God, right. it's hard, but it's, but it's hard because Jesus is God. And we say, right. And that is, if you see God in the flesh, that's Jesus. And that's true. But I think Jesus of Nazareth was different than, these other embodiments of, of, of human of God in human form right. is different than the word become flesh, I guess. Right. Cause it is pouring out. Like you said, like there's a difference. Right. There's a pouring out. There is the suffering servant. He is the, right. you know, Messiah and stuff. He's prophesied and stuff. So right. that's, that's the game changer. Right. And I think that right. God incarnate word become flesh is a game changer in, for humanity and for the whole thing. So to become full human in that way, to actually be a human being. That's right. like, that's the the moment where this matters because it's completely unprecedented in any other way. Right. Even who wrestled Jacob, even who visited Abraham, right. even, even, the angel of, even the angel of the Lord, even right. those, those embodiments, those appearances kind of thing. So, but I think this is important because you, this is where they get, well, Jesus was an angel. Jesus, right. angel of the Lord equals Jesus Christ. So they have to rationalize that. So yeah, you get that Michael, the archangel, is that like angel of the Lord. And then, cause that's who shows up and that's who speaks. And that's the burning bush and the whole thing that he said. Um, and so that's Jesus. And it's like, I uh, have, um, I, I have heard and read before and I've never looked into their rationale, but I kind of understand it a little bit. Some of the reformers did hold to the idea that Michael, the archangel is a title of Jesus. Uh, mm. from, from the, they take it Michael, the, the name Mikael is, uh, who is like God. They take it as the one who is like God, as more of that kind of title than the other. And Archangel, mm-hmm. uh, coming from uh, Arche or Arkin, uh, Prince, Chief Angel, like, well, who is the chief of all angels but Christ? So that's how they would take that term and see it. Not that it's a being separate from Jesus who became Jesus, but it's a title placed on him to speak of position, kind of in the same way firstborn would be or uh, something like that. Right. I would have to look a lot more into that before I get into it because, but that's something I've heard before that I'm like, hmm, I wonder. um, Interesting. What's the chapter in Hebrews about like, does an angel, um, 
Oh, is that this chapter one? <laughs> he was one. Um, yeah. yeah, like uh, the basically the huge dividing line between Christ right. and the angels. Oh yeah, or or any angel, right? Right. Um, I don't uh, know. Right here, Hebrews chapter one, verse five is kind of where it starts with that. Uh, for to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son today, I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And right. again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God all God's angels worship him. So hmm. yeah, the writer of Hebrews makes that very explicit point. Like to what angel can it ever be said these things of Christ? And uh, so the Jehovah's Witness take that as like, well, Michael the Archangel. Like they, they they think they have like an answer for that. I don't know because you know we've never gotten into that. That's a good question. I would like to know how they read that. <laughs> I've never asked that. Asked uh, what is that either? That'd be a good I question. Feel like though, chapter chapter. Huge. Yeah. I mean, verse eight is where. But to the son, he says, "Your throne, O God, is forever and ever." Like he's saying that the father says to the son, "Your throne, O God, is forever and ever." So, mm-hmm. where, where where do you guys feel about that? Yeah. I don't know. That's 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 one of the things that they believe that's uh their their uh, afterlife beliefs are kind of kind of nutty too. Yeah, annihilationism, right? Of like, annihilationism. Yeah, there's no hell. You get destroyed. Uh, soul sleep. They don't believe in like n- nobody who's dead now is really dead. They're just asleep mm-hmm. because you don't get to come back. They don't believe in a resurrection. They're like Sadducees. Uh, they don't believe in a resurrection. If you die you're destroyed. So everyone who's dead is just asleep. They're not actually dead. Right. <clears throat> yeah. A- annihilationism. And that, and that is different. And that's a gospel issue too, because hell is paying for your own sins forever. Right. And so, and, and that's literally, and that's why it fits for the eternal punishment, because that is all you can pay. You don't have, you can't afford it. So you will be spending right. and paying for eternity. Because that's how much you owe is an eternity in hell. Like you, right. like you, your life isn't worth enough for the cost of sin. Yes. So without Christ paying that, whose life was worth enough, he was sinless. You're not. He felt, he held the law perfectly. You did not. So he could afford it. He he fulfilled right. the law perfectly. So his life was worthy a worthy sacrifice. Yours isn't. Right. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'll die for my own sins. It's like you can't afford that. You'll You're be not, dying forever. <laughs> you'll be dying forever, and that's literally what hell is. Right. And so that's important because that's that perfectly. Why is hell eternal? Why is it eternal? Why? Why not just a thousand years and you learn your lesson? You know, <laughs> it's like because that's not it. Like you, you, you've sinned. You're not a worthy sacrifice. That's why. Well, that's a very Catholic way to think of punishment too. Like the idea of purgatory that you just need to be purified. You need to learn your lesson. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be you'll be you'll be good enough at that point. You need to be cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. It's that we're not understanding. Like, no, you're not like sick. You're dead. There's no cure. Right. You're just dead. You have to be right. brought back to life. Uh, yeah, man. This that which, idea which, of like which, my thing is like, who would not believe after purgatory? I mean, hmm? if that was the case, then I, I mean, I guess even then you still can't. And that's why the the, the indulgences and stuff from people right. Uh, it, still alive to get you through purgatory. Um, well, and that's what the, the treasury of merit. Like it's not just your goods. We're we're depending on the goods of every good person who's ever come before us to right. get us to heaven. It's that's literally such a that weird balancing thought. of scales. It's just yes. like you know, <laughs> one good deed for a bad deed, and 
you know <laughs> that's one thing jehovah's witnesses don't have is they don't have that balancing of scales you don't you 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 either are perfect or you're you're not good enough and so no. but their perfection is again through works that's why they're knocking on doors that's why they're at the park that's why they're at the airport talking to strangers because they believe they have to do these things to attain that next level right um and uh can you explain the because the, the 144,000 um mm. as far as like eschatology and their kind of end times view so they they yeah. take the 144,000 as a literal number um they they don't call it heaven because again they're like kind of like mormons they have tiered levels of existence um in in the afterlife the 144,000 are what they refer to as the christ class so the the top of the line hardcore epitome jehovah's witnesses those are the 144,000 the gold they members to, yeah the gold <laughs> members the five star club uh they get what's to the, live in the an lounge? elevated what's the lounge what's this oh the uh, <laughs> what is it called i know what you're talking about the gold the gold uh ah what is it called that's so where they got anyway. fruit. The Christ class gets the free fruit when they get to the airport. <laughs> the hot uh, towel and the <laughs> <laughs> they get to uh they get to live in that elevated state with Christ and essentially rule over everyone down here. Uh um, and that's already reason, been fulfilled. Right? Yes. So this is a big thing about communion with Jehovah's Witnesses. They only take the Lord's Supper one time a year. It's at Easter, and you're only allowed to take the bread in the cup if you are one of the 144,000. So in a modern kingdom hall meeting, when they have this, most people will pass and not take it. But Almost nobody they, will take it now. But if someone takes it, don't they just kind of like not ask or something? There's no like verification. Like, wait, wait, wait a second. Yeah, right. You can't prove it anyway. <laughs> but like some it, people will, and it's just like, oh, wow, I guess she's one of the, and it's like, <laughs> well, I you think got most of millions them of people assume, across the country taking that communion. <laughs> no, I think most of them like, assume that the, the, I'm one of the 24. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people assume that the, the 144,000 are closer to the origins of the cult than now. So yeah. the further removed you are from the beginning, the less likely your chance is to be one of those 144,000. So 000. like, I mean, it's like the 1800s. So like, no, nobody should be taking communion, right? right. I mean, yeah, who's, exactly. who's alive? Who's still alive <laughs> from like even recent, from close to the beginning? And I know? always wondered like, okay, well, what are they still working for? Uh, but they believe in that second tier, which is... Coach. The, yeah, <laughs> well, it's it's right behind first economy, class. Class. Econ yeah, economy deluxe. <laughs> so, so they believe that everybody first else losers. who lives on Earth gets to live in a restored Earth, a renewed Earth, uh, a perfect creation, and we get to basically bask in the glory of those Christ class. Like we're blessed by them to know them that they exist, but we get to live in a perfect world down here where there's no more war, no more famine, no more suffering, no more sickness. Uh, everybody else who's not part of that, who didn't do the work, that's where the annihilation comes in. They're actually annihilated. You don't go to hell. You just don't exist anymore. Right. And they don't believe like in, a, in a, like the Armageddon pre-mill trip. Like, do they? No, they don't believe they in that. Believe, they believe not in that sense, but they do believe in like a bloodbath scenario where Jesus just comes in and like wipes people out. And and they're very like uh, hardcore about that. Like they too believe in a uh, jihad uh, Jesus. Yeah, a jihad yeah. Jesus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's the Hagee Jesus. That's the Hagee end times of like. Well, that's what everybody all that literally. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> makes for but, good movies. But again, you know, this is a thing, and it's offensive. But whatever, take it. Uh, dispensational premillennial eschatology and Jehovah's Witness teaching have their roots in the same place in the Second Great Awakening. They come from the same stream of ideas.
Mm, yeah, so that's true. It, it, that that's why they have similar characteristics in that sense. Man, that'd be that'd be that'd be a, a good deep dive of like just find that through line from like that second great awakening into mm, every like, other little uh, Pentecostal and like charismatic yes. and like Christian science and I mean you eventually get Scientology ultimately from that stuff. Mm. Like so, that's really weird. Well, Hubbard was Hubbard was interesting because he's the uh, Scientology. He was the first one to say that he wanted to run a religion like a business. Like he just said it up front. Like I'm going to build a religion that's built like a business, and yeah, it worked so, out, I guess. We should we should do a Scientology episode. That'd be really interesting. Oh, you see going clear, right? You see going clear. Yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, it's insane. I watched uh, uh, I watched Louis Theroux the other day too. His My Scientology movie. Oh, is it good? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's cool. Rogan had a guy on who wrote Going Clear, the guy oh. that wrote that, and he did a deep dive. He did, did but he did like other cults and stuff. And I think I did see that. Winning author and stuff. Yeah. He wrote a book in late 2018, early 2019 about a pandemic in a, in modern world and how it would go down and everything. And then and then and he's like, "Holy crap!" Like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a total coincidence wow. that he wrote this novel, this sci-fi novel about like a pandemic happening right now in, in America. That's and amazing. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> it's so weird. You know what's so interesting weird. too is, I, I don't know if you saw, I think it's called After Going Clear. It's Leia Remini's show. Yeah. I haven't and seen And she that, did but... an episode on the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, yeah. And they kind of took on their whole their they got into some of the darker stuff about Jehovah's Witnesses about like covering up sex scandals and yeah the that whole kind like of stuff. Uh, witness uh, the the testimony of three witnesses right and that had to be like three actual people seeing right. it three people seeing than, it happen or it doesn't count rather than DNA or security cameras right. or anything that we would count as a witness today right and, you know um, but yeah that's insane that's really crazy stuff. <laughs> They talked about uh, disfellowshipping too, which is a big one with Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, if you leave the the church, you're yeah. they call it disfellowship, but you're basically cut off. Like, all communication is broken between you and your family, whoever else is still in the church. Yeah, that's rough, man. And they don't celebrate any holidays, right? Like nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, no birthdays, no holidays, no anything. <laughs> but it sucks. That's just like, <laughs> why would you join? <laughs> it's just like. Sounds so miserable and like the amount of work they have to do and like all oh, the yeah. like role play for evangelizing and stuff that they do and like just the hours and hours of like homework that they have. It's like, and they don't want their kids to go to college at all. Right. Like they don't, isn't that, well, you don't think, yeah, you don't read anti-church anything. Like everything you need to know, we'll tell you. That's don't, don't. How's that well, not yeah. cultish? Like <laughs> it absolutely oh, is. <laughs> That's a cultish characteristic. They'll oh, all be time. on the same page. And that's what they'll say. It's like, oh, well, I talked to this kind of Christian and that kind of Christian is chaos and you all know, disorganized, whatever. And that's why Christianity is not a cult, because there is that um, Christian liberty and, and, and open-handed issues and different convictional things that are still faithful and still legitimate. But um, we're, we're not all like just robotically saying the same thing. Right. That's important because that's a cult. That's a characteristic of a cult is that right. group think. Right. And, and they, 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 they're proud of that, of like, as some kind of success as like, well, we're all on the same page. You go to Africa, they're saying the same thing we are. Exactly. Right. Same doctrinal, no, no differences, no anything. It's like, <laughs> that's group think, man. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that, of... that, I, 
I always think it's interesting because Catholicism is a a big one to say that, like, oh, well, none of you agree on anything. Everybody has their own interpretation and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, but no. Like, I, I think a, a reason, a good example of why we disagree and it doesn't matter as much as they think it does is the fact that, like, one of our biggest heroes is Doug Wilson, who's a Presbyterian. And, like, we yeah. have doctrinal differences and still can, like, oh, yeah, he's right about so much and he has so much wisdom to, to, to give. Yeah, I think it's important. I, everyone, every, all my like heroes of the faith or anything, I have something that I don't disagree with them, that I right. don't, that I disagree with them with, and I think that's good. That's that, that's important because it, it can be brought up with like, oh well, Doug Wilson, KJV, you know, he's all Texas, right, Texas yeah. and all that, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I disagree with that, you know. That's not we <laughs> <laughs> baptize babies and. You know, the whole federal headship stuff is, is kind of confusing and stuff. So, all right, you know, yeah, I don't I don't really agree with a lot of that. Um, James White used to be the eschatology thing. For yeah. Him, but and now that he's post-mill, it's like, it's all I, guess light. I, I guess I <laughs> agree with everything. James White. <laughs> well, no, you know what? I know, I know where you don't agree with James White is that uh, he thinks the story of the woman caught in adultery is not original to the text. I mean, he 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 will say that should not be. There. I know you would not say that should not be there. I question Esther. I mean, as far as canon, like <laughs> I can see a legitimate argument against Esther being included in the canon because it's like you don't even freaking mention God. Like that's true. At all. At that's all. true. Well, you know, it's like, funny because there's a perfect. This? What is this doing here? There's a perfect place where they could, where Mordecai gives her that speech where he's like, well, you know, it could be for such a time as this that you you right. were brought into this. But well, he doesn't mention fasting. God. It's kind of just like fate. Yeah, there is right. fasting, right? Fasting. And it's like, okay, well, that assumes you're right. It's the Jewish fasting, which is prayer and, and every, everywhere else we see Jewish fasting. So it's like, so it is assumed. And he's talking about the Jews, which are God's right. people. So it's like, okay, there is some like hint at God. But no, like she prayed, or right. no, yes. nothing. It's weird, man. It's so weird. Like I think Luther hated it. Luther was like, <laughs> that out. but Luther also hated James. So, like, what are we gonna do about that? <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> he did hate James, and then he then he also the Jews. Weirdly enough, like <laughs> at one point. Well, he was he, German, so on the Jews and their lives. What are you gonna do? <laughs> And then that was like 10 years after, uh, remember Jesus was a Jew. His pamphlet, <laughs> he wrote a pamphlet like, remember Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> and then like 10 years later, the Jews and their lies. It's like, something happened. Something <laughs> happened. <right? laughs> so, somebody cut him off in a cart. Somebody, somebody <laughs> That's the end of it. Luther. He got Jewed out of some land or something. <laughs> he went home and started writing immediately. Like, you know what? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of this. People are listening. I got a lot of followers. But you know, Dr. White talks about that, how the reformers, a lot of them wouldn't consider us, you know, brothers because they oh, hated Baptists. We'd, we'd get they, burned at the stake right. for the Southern <laughs> Baptist <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, Just the name, pretty but... gnarly, man. Man, uh, you're talking about, like, uh, missing church and stuff and, like, you know, the, the, the woman who was called out from his church stuff. And uh, someone showed me something recently about um, – I'll be able to find it. It was, uh, like, the first settlers in America – and mm. they're like harsh, uh, what we would see as harsh. Uh, hang on, uh, adherence to church. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, let me see. It's worth bringing it up because I thought about it, and it's, at first glance, it's like, oof, that's that sucks. Um, so, okay, so under West's rigid system of discipline in the colony, settlers were to rise at 6 a.m. and attend morning services at the church. Failure meant the loss of a week's food allowance for the oh, first offense. For the third, the punishment was death. Indeed, wow. <laughs> indeed, capital punishment was threatened for a variety of misdeeds, including profaning God's word, unauthorized trading with the Indians, and fleeing the colony. If someone robbed the common store of food, they would be bound to a tree to starve. All, wow. all, the set, all the settlers' guns were gathered up and declared to be part of the common arsenal. This was ostensibly to make them available if needed to fight the Indians, but it had the added benefit of making it harder for any colonists who chafed at West's harsh rule to revolt. Hmm. <laughs> Jamestown. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and at first it's like, man, that sucks. That's harsh. But it's like, we're here, aren't we? You know? <laughs> like... I'm I mean, I'm dead the first three weeks. I'm not getting up at six a.m. <laughs> Just shoot me now, because I'm well, not that, gonna make I mean, it. Six a.m. was nothing to them. I mean, they rose at the that's sun true. and went down, you know. So it's like, okay, that, that sounds crazy to us. Like, but it's like that's pretty much like. But just the third, the third miss. Like, oh well, that's it. That's your three, dude. If you're in a new world and trying to survive, <sighs> and you believe in God's providence and help in prayer ah, and that's true it's like that's hey true. man you ain't praying <laughs> you need to be and you're trying to steal our food you're See that one, that one i'm okay with the idea that if you steal you get starved like well okay right um, well, i don't you hate don't, that you don't, work, you don't work you don't eat if you steal right. food we're gonna freaking starve you like yeah but look i mean i think if, if we didn't if it was just kind of eh, you know hey let's just sing kumbaya would we even be here as a country or as any anything today uh, maybe not so maybe it took those harsh measures, you know, desperate times offer desperate measures. And like, <laughs> you know, and if you take this stuff seriously, like, hey, man, show up to church or we're going to, we're all going to not die. You know, it's like someone not showing up to church and praying and participating is like threatening other people's lives because mm. we are relying on God's providence. And, and, you know, so we need to pray and we believe prayer does something. So much to the fact that if you don't do it, you're putting all of our lives at risk. And we could all die here if we're not all praying and serving and trying to get food and whatever. So it's like, you know, I don't know. You know it's what, different like, times. Well, I mean, the, the way you're talking about it, it's it, like the story in uh, in Joshua. Right after they destroy Jericho, they go into AI and the one guy takes something from the city that he's not supposed to. And like the whole army dies in the next battle. <laughs> right it's so like, yeah hey, i mean i understand <laughs> they're taking that stuff seriously it's like like how, how seriously we're we taking this you know well now we don't take it seriously at all right and you know here we are <laughs> yeah i mean it was a survival thing to pray and it's like yeah kind of like that well, might I mean, be the case isn't it still you know like I know we don't think it, it is, that but way. we don't see it that way. Yeah, that's what right. I'm saying. So we see this as harsh, but it's like, hey, man, like that's how serious this really gets. And this could mm. be it's a life or death situation, especially back then. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. But it's funny, too, because like, you read stories about, um, like I was reading uh, uh, Mayflower the, and about the first mm -hmm. like pilgrims and stuff and fights with the Indians and stuff. And they were like so Calvinist and they were so like, and how they saw that you were part of the elect was like if they had some kind of crazy gunfight and 
there's like bullet holes in your jacket and it's like, <laughs> and you're alive and it's like, you're a part of the elect. <laughs> that was like a marker. And then also like material, material. And that's where we get a lot of like the Protestant work ethic is mm-hmm. from like that Calvinism of like, Oh, you're prospering, you're succeeding in your entrepreneurial ventures and, and endeavors. You're the elect. like that, like a, like a mater- it's like, there's a, there's a lot of materialism associated with Calvinism. Mm for that fact, because that was like a marker of election was how right. good your business is doing or something or how wealthy you were <laughs> or whatever. Not that it gained you election, but it proved your God's election. providence was on you in, in right. that sense. Hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. But, hmm. Man, it'd, yeah. Be, it'd be interesting to do a deep dive on the settlers too in the colonies and just there where yeah. we differ and where we'd agree with them on some stuff. <sighs> yeah. Biblically, biblically, yes, yeah, right. Not, Not culturally, culturally or timely or whatever. Uh, like, can you find a biblical argument against you know, right, nature or something? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, it's like when we think about uh, which he trials. sounds like the Bible. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like well, you know, like it does say <laughs> to kill the witches in the in the nation. Right? Like, I don't know. Maybe they were right and I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of that was isolated to that town of the Salem witch trials, and we should do right. that. Maybe for like Halloween or something, we should kind of touch on that because that is really interesting. Because when man, I forget who it was, was it Increase Mather um, or I can't remember who showed up basically and was like, "What are y'all doing? This is insane." Yeah. Yes. Like, right. <laughs> like one of these Puritan bigwigs was like, came to Salem and was like, "You guys are out of your mind. What are you doing? This isn't. There's no justice here. There's no trial. Like, there's no." like witnesses there's no biblical rule of 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 prosecution or anything like that and and like he, he like cleared things up and ended the insanity which well, the, the, was really I've, isolated this this kind of they weren't hearing the word of god well, one of doing. the things I, I i've read about this is that it wasn't the, the puritans didn't do this out of a religious fervor it was a superstitious thing like uh uh mm-hmm. it, it was kind of just one of those like oh something bad is happening like superstition took over not puritan religion well, and also and I, it, it, it gets brought up too that it was like, oh, this person, this woman owns land. Well, I want that land. I'm going to call her a witch. And then just like, and now I can swoop in and, and get <laughs> it's the a crucible. It's a crucible. You're right. That, yeah, that's what it is. And, 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 and that went on. And that can be proven that that, that went on. Right. Um, and, and it's like, okay, therefore, God doesn't exist or something. It's like, no, therefore, right. men, <laughs> therefore, men are sinful. And that can truly happen. Like, false accusations against people and for for sinful purposes that's true like that probably did happen that's, i mean that's that still happens alarmed. how is that different from right exactly <laughs> so <laughs> but it was in the name of god that's the problem it yeah, was in the name yeah, of she's true. a witch and i'm all holding god ah and i'm gonna buy that land which is dead <laughs> you know so i mean that i've read i've read and, and seen how like the modern perception of puritans and why they have a bad rap is because of hawthorne more than history <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah, we all true. think that's, the Puritans were the Scarlet Letter. Right. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, Puritan has become like a like a bad word. The, the Simpsons did an episode where they were like on the Mayflower and they're like went over and stuff. And um, it, Ned Flanders was like the ultimate Puritan, right? And then like Homer <laughs> was like getting drunk and stuff and that offended that offended him. And they even said something about it of like, 
you're drinking. Oh my gosh. Like that, you know, you're not a Puritan. And it's like, you know nothing about the Puritans. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was the best Puritan. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like the first buildings they made were breweries when they came to America. Yeah. Like that was what it was. That's kind of the only way they could drink water. <laughs> right. Right. Nobody thinks about that. <laughs> right. So but, I mean, great theologians were great drinkers. Luther was yes. a big drinker. Yes. And so it's like, you know nothing about the Reformation or Puritanism or anything if you think that they didn't drink <laughs> or have sex or oh, man. <laughs> have fun and like play games and do stuff. I mean, they had the penalty of like, if you weren't having sex with your wife, you were disciplined. <laughs> like, you got to come on, man. You got to do your husbandly duties. This is... <laughs> All right. Yeah. One of my Maybe. favorite Luther quotes is, uh, uh, what is Luther's quote? Whoever... Whoever sleeps much sin little sins little, and whoever drinks much sleeps much. Uh, whoever sins little goes to heaven. Whoever sleeps much sins little, and whoever drinks much sleeps much. So the whole idea. So you know, if you want to go to heaven, <laughs> you yeah, start drink. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how, that's Doug Wilson's whole thing is is uh, we have to teach our children how to drink. Yes, you know, and dance and smoke to the glory of yes, God. Like, right. and and because these are things that are here and that can be done for the glory of God. And, and and just like everything else is perverted and twisted and done for the glory of man or something else. And, you know, we, we had this kind of like prohibition movement where it's like, just don't dance, don't, don't drink, right. don't nothing, don't, don't touch it, stay away from it, whatever. And it became this enticing thing. And then, so no one knew how to drink, no one knew how to smoke, no one knew how to dance or do anything for the glory of God. And so they just, so the only way they could do it is for the glory of themselves. Right. You know, and so, cause it was just this forbidden thing. Well, I mean, that's a Jehovah's so, Witness and Mormon thing too, right? Yeah. You, they they have those prohibitions. You don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't any of that, which I think is why yeah, they lose a lot all too. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, I mean, I, I mean, so many Jehovah's Witness. I mean, from what I, from what I understand from ex Jehovah's Witness testimonies and stuff, there are a lot of closet alcoholics in Jehovah's Witness. It was like, how can you not be an alcoholic if you're living that life of Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> well, I mean, the weight of like, am I doing enough? Am I is right. my service enough? Am I the like workload alone can drive you down? <laughs> <laughs> They're all freaking air traffic controllers, man. They're <laughs> that kind of Jeez. stress. <laughs> yeah, we got. I, I still want to get Jehovah's uh, Witness to the Salem witch trials, but. <laughs> it was a good chance to do it yeah i still want to get your uh your buddy on to talk about beer and uh christian perspective on beer Ooh. one of your friends you were talking about was a, a, a big beer maybe not beer maybe it was alcohol we were talking about specifically i don't remember anyways <laughs> i don't know do you have alcoholic friends <laughs> yeah but <laughs> you know, I had this argument with a family member. I know this is last tangent, we'll get off, but I had this argument with a family member about alcoholism. And uh, biblically speaking, you're not an alcoholic, you're a drunkard, and it's not the same thing, right? Like, yeah, if you don't have a it's disease, like, you have a problem, you have a sin problem. It's an identity thing. And right. I think I think almost almost as much as homosexuality, as mm. far as like, oh, this is who I am. Yes. And I, you know, and it's like, mm. Not if you're a Christian, you know. Right, right. And, and and that is the Christian identity issue. Is is a Christian is someone who finds their identity in Christ first, period, over everything, and then everything else falls under that identity. Right. So, and, and, but that can be anything. Your job. I find my identity in my job. I find my identity in 
my that the fact that I'm an alcoholic, it's who I am, and I have to deal with that and come to terms with that, and that's who I am. I'm mean, touch drop alcohol, alcohol in. Right, it's been so years. long since my last drink, but I'm I'm an alcoholic. Still an alcoholic because they find their identity in that, and it's not that is not appropriate for a Christian to say. If no, you're a Christian, all. you find your identity in Christ. You find your uh, drinking identity in Christ. You find mm -hmm. your work. Uh, career identity in Christ. You find your sexual orientation in Christ. You find your fatherhood in Christ. You find your mm. husband. Anything you are is under the identity of Christ, period. And that comes first and everything else falls in line with Christ and his word. And that's that's what it ultimately comes down to. But we don't. We find our identity in all these other things. And that's what we're worshiping and following. And that's mm. what identifies us. And Christianity is kind of like, you know, swirling around me in right. that way too. Somewhere in there. Right. Somewhere in there rather than being the main focus of our identity in how we identify ourselves, you know, as Christians. So if you call yourself a Christian, you find your identity in Christ first and then everything else comes under the identity and filter of that job. I'm a Christian worker. I'm a Christian brother. I'm a Christian son. I'm a Christian husband. I'm a Christian friend. I'm a Christian reader i'm a christian eater i'm a christian drinker like whatever you know under that and that just uh informs everything that i do so at least it should and that should be our attempt to right. bring all those things under christ and redeem uh, them all under christ you're, our marriage you're sounding, our work, everything yeah but you're sounding post-millennial so yeah that's too post-millennial i guess you <laughs> that's know, too post for everybody to redeem everything under the identity of christ yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Cool. Well, there we go. <laughs> From Jehovah's Witnesses to Salem Witch Trials yeah. to post-millennialism. So <laughs> <laughs> to drinking for God. <laughs> if uh if you do have like any more, I don't know how many people have encountered Jehovah's Witnesses, especially right now. They're sending letters, so you're probably not running into them as much right now because of the pandemic. But oh really? They're not not. Yeah. No, they're, they're sending not. letters now. I got a letter the other day inviting me to to virtual uh Lord's Supper. Oh, from the, God, how, the how happy are people that, <laughs> that they can just throw it away yeah never have to have contact with them ever again <laughs> and you know that's something to think about too as christians and as we try to encounter those witness for christ um the majority and james i said this too about the, the majority of jehovah's witness uh interaction with christianity is a slam door in their face Yes. And being called a cult and right. being called heretics without any explanation, without any context or conversation, just slam the door. You're a cult. Get away from me. And those are Christians to them. And and that's sad, you know. And so I think what we need to do is become informed about Jehovah's Witness, what they believe, what you believe as a Christian. Yes. And how to have that conversation rather than just easily slam the door in someone's face and just not even talk to them or whatever we should talk to them but you should be prepared to talk to them right i think so one, that's, one, uh, that's loving to them one place i recommend for info on that is apologia studios uh for jehovah's witnesses and mormons actually they, they do outreach to both and they have some really good stuff on it uh dr james white also has a couple of series where he'll do a whole sermon on jehovah's witnesses a whole sermon on mormonism so you can kind of get the details and the points and why these are not correct here and, and where you can go for this. But Dr. White will also tell you, if you're going to, you're going to go with Jehovah's witnesses, you better be ready. You better be ready because they will know the Bible better than you do. Yeah. So and that's a problem, you know, so you it's need a to, big problem. you need to know your Bible. <laughs>
for sure. So, I mean, before you correct somebody's uh, theology, correct yours first, I would say. Right. <laughs> that's, that's maybe the biggest sin of the American church right now is, uh, well, besides apathy, is uh, just <laughs> <laughs> lack of theological training in any way. Yeah, for sure. Oh. It's, it's discipleship. It's no, it's no education. It's biblical illiteracy. It's, yes. it's all those things. So just Yeah, and, and, then we, and, then, and then the Jehovah's Witness knocks on our door. We don't know what to do. And we know they're wrong. We, we don't know why. We don't know how to yes. have a conversation with them. Yeah. So we just yeah turn off the lights and close the blinds. And right. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, that's it for tonight. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. Uh, the episode on Mormonism is also up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. All the links to that are in our Instagram. Uh, so yeah, any other topics you guys want to bring up? And if, if by chance this happens to reach anybody who is a member of the Watchtower or uh, LDS, we would love to have you on to actually talk about it. You know, yes. tell us where we're wrong. Tell us why you believe this. Tell us where where this comes from. We'll fully listen to you. I think the our track record shows will let you give your whole spiel and talk back to you in, in a very respectful manner. So yes, no fear on that. Uh, but until next week, this is the time and this is the place. We'll see you guys. See ya.